I want to do a little call and response. If I say, let us bless the Lord, what do you say? Let's try that again. Let us bless the Lord. I'm so glad to see each of you here today, you lucky people to come on this holiday weekend. Lucky for two reasons. One is that coffee hour is at the rectory, so I hope you'll come over and have a little bite. And then two, today is a short sermon. Let us bless the Lord. In our scripture today, Jesus says to the healed leper, your faith has made you well. Such a phrase can confuse us, how exactly that happens. And yet faith is a central theme in Luke's gospel. We see here in Paul's second letter to Timothy, these words, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. The loving God is in relationship with us. The purpose of God is to be our God. We have the option, the free will, to consent to God's lordship in our lives. Thus, being faithless, it's an option for us. God, however, has created us for himself. As the one who is God of all, God cannot be faithless to us, for that goes against God's nature as God, which is Lord of all. God will never not be Lord of all, whether we act like it or not. God is always Lord of all. And so how is it that our faith makes us well? Most simply, it's when we trust our lives to God. Even the hardship and suffering becomes purposeful. When we trust our lives to God, we discover God's glory, even through, and maybe even especially, in our hardship and suffering. I want to tell a story about the story of George McPhee, a real person. His story takes place in Haiti, where he was born and lived his whole life. This story that I'm to tell you is already about 30 years old. I read it in a book entitled, All You Really Need to Know About Prayer You Can Learn from the Poor, by Louise Perota. George suffered from Hansen's disease, also known as leprosy. Hansen's disease is an infection caused by a slow-growing bacteria called Myobacterium leprae. He was in his early 20s, living with his sister and her family, enjoying life as a farmer, planting small crops and tending to pigs and chickens at the time he noticed a lesion on his face. As he tells it, or told it, many people thought that they had leprosy, only to find out that they didn't, so he really wasn't worried about the lesion on his face. However, when he finally did get it looked at, he learned that he did indeed have leprosy. The only solution at the time, which would have been somewhere around the 40s, was to isolate infected people from the rest of the population. That had been the solution all these thousands of years. And so George went to live at a special Hansen's home, that's what it was called, 
for people who had Hansen's disease. George talks about having a sense of God even as a little kid, but the journey with the disease turned that sense into a greater and greater relationship. That doesn't mean it was always easy. The Lord helped him come to grips with his disease. He said, the Lord rubbed me down little by little and helped me accept it. One especially challenging time was when he was going blind. He said, it happened gradually, and I want to tell you, at that time I prayed day and night. I begged the Lord. I reasoned with him. I talked to him, just like two people talk, friend to friend. And yet the blindness happened. Although treatment has been discovered, it wasn't available at that time. And if Hansen's disease is left untreated, the nerve damage can result in crippling hand, of hands and feet, paralysis, and blindness. This was true in Jesus' day, too, since the remedy has only been discovered within the last 100 years. And fortunately, just so you have a scientific update, the treatment now is two to three different antibiotics taken on a schedule of over one to two years, and people who are diagnosed early can continue in their lives even as they're under treatment. But back to George. When the Hansen's house closed, because indeed treatment had been discovered and people were not coming to live there any longer, George found himself without a home. He'd lived there for almost 30 years. He had no family farm to return to. He felt lost and disconcerted about where he indeed would live. He said one night he had a dream, and in this dream he was walking on open water, kind of like the sea. But there was a, um, like a railing right underneath the water that he was walking on, and he knew it was there. The thought occurred to him in this dream, what if I slip? And in the dream at that moment, he did slip. And then he heard a voice say to him, look up. And he looked up and down came a thick rope and fastened around underneath his arms. It was that, at that moment that he remembered the words of scripture, when you go through the waters, I will be with you. And his fear subsided. Shortly thereafter, a Catholic priest from St. Monica's founded a home for these folks who didn't have a place to go. And it was very um, honestly titled, St. Monica's Home for the Abandoned Elderly. So that is where George finished out his days. He had all the negative effects of Hansen's disease. And although he was cured of it, the disease had already ravaged his nervous system. The nerve damage had not only caused his blindness, but his eyelids are half, were half shut over his opaque eyes. His nose had deteriorated and partly sunken in. George spoke, though, of his purpose, which was to give good encouragement. And in his acceptance, he has found that the Lord is faithful, faithful to him in the lordship of his life. He said, I love the Lord and I love the Lord to have his way with me. Why should I fret and cry and feel sorry for myself? I just accept it and make the best of it. He went on, 
You can use every situation for the honor and glory of God. I ask him to make me his good instrument, and I find that although I am so afflicted, I can still help others. This can be perplexing to us. We who use our wealth to eliminate hardship and suffering without even realizing that we're doing it, we can feel like hardship and suffering can be avoided. God knows best, George said. If I was enjoying good health and had a lot of material things, maybe I would stray away from the Lord. I want to say from personal experience, yes, George, that is what happens. George's story, as well as today's gospel, should give us good encouragement to not be afraid when our lives have periods of hardship and suffering. For it is through them that we discover who God is, his faithfulness to us. The one leper who returned to give thanks to Jesus discovered through his healing from leprosy who Jesus was. He recognized Jesus as the Lord. He came and prostrated him before Jesus. This Samaritan, a foreigner, recognized him. And giving thanks, he demonstrated his awareness of the glory of God in his life. He discovered the lordship of Jesus. Will we, like that one, allow our hardship and suffering to draw us closer to God's goodness? Will we become companions to those who suffer in the world so that we might discover God's glory as they do? I picked up the little book, All You Really Need to Know About Prayer You Can Learn from the Poor. I picked up this little book on a free table. Being in prayer is something that has no boundary, and I find the more that I pray, the more that I want to pray. I'm not around the poor much, and so I decided to pick up this book on the free table so that I might hear their stories to expand my experience of God. So imagine my surprise, since I picked this book up maybe four or five years ago, to come across a poem that I'd actually first encountered on the internet back when it was relatively new. Remembering where I was when I read this poem puts it somewhere around 2003, 2004, 2005 that it came through on my inbox. It had a picture of a little puppy drinking from the saucer where a cup sat. The puppy was lapping from the saucer. And this is the poem. It's by George McPhee. It's called Drinking from a Saucer. As the author of this book writes, this poem expresses not only George's cheerful acceptance of difficulties, but also his deep gratefulness of the loving God who, quote, knows best, end quote. This is George's poem. I have never made a fortune, and it's probably too late now. I don't worry about that much. I'm happy anyhow. As I go along life's journey, reaping more than I have sowed, I'm drinking from a saucer because my cup has overflowed. I don't have lots of riches, and sometimes the going is tough. I have a family that loves me, and that is quite enough. I thank God for his blessings and his mercies he's bestowed. I'm drinking from a saucer because my cup has overflowed. I remember times when things went wrong, my faith got a little thin, 
Then all at once the dark clouds broke and the sun peeked through again. Lord, please help me not to gripe about the tough rows I have hoed. I'm drinking from a saucer because my cup has overflowed. If God gives me strength and courage when my way grows steep and tough, I'll not ask for other blessings. I'm already blessed enough. May I never be too busy to help another bear their load. I'll keep drinking from a saucer because my cup has overflowed. Let us bless the Lord. <laughs> 